0: Not safe for work, not safe for work, not safe for work, not safe for network. Welcome to Not Safe for Network. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. And
1: I'm Carl. I realized on my trip to L.A., the in-flight entertainment is whatever they have and you can watch it on your phone. And I actually ended up watching Casablanca. Oh, nice. Again, I casually watched it the first time. And this time I actually really paid attention. And I didn't notice it the first time I watched it. But the second time I watched it, Out Cold is a direct remake of it. Almost <laughs> plot like complete plot line. We're talking the The, the to- 2001... Ski, snowboarding movie.
0: With Zach Galifianakis? Yeah. As like my side character? Yeah. I always liked that movie for some reason.
1: I did too, and I, I... Until I rewatch Casablanca, and then if you trade out the uh, the people that the corporate that are taking over the mountain for Nazis, the main characters both named Rick. The main character Rick falls on somebody on vacation that ghosts them. They show up later in another part of the wherever they were at, and they're in actually like engaged to somebody else. Weird, man.
0: I'm starting to realize that that's also not the only like, romantic comedy, like, stoner comedy, I think, that has a plot like that. Like, (laughs) Casablanca is, like, apparently
2: a deep well when it comes to borrowing ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easily. It is one of those things that once you see it, you understand Hollywood history a lot better. You know? yeah. like, A lot of tropes
0: were born in Casablanca. 100%. Yeah. yeah.
2: I just thought Which, that was... you know,
0: for better or for worse.
2: Not yeah. to mention there's so many lines in it that when you hear it, you're like, oh. Because you'll just hear them repeated in other movies over and over again. Like, it's such a quoted movie. I would say like the last 10 minutes, every line is famous in that movie it's just one after another after another to where you're like holy shit like it is nuts dude very iconic 10 minutes <laughs> it might be
0: i think that might be a sign of like laziness oh for other writers absolutely right. yeah
2: because yeah. <laughs> casablanca is not that it kind of is though it's a it's like I'm I'm just saying it like I watched it for the first time months ago. But you're
0: only saying that because if it had been meatballs that had been every line is quoted by everybody, then you would say the lines from meatballs are every line is so quotable because it's been quoted, not because it is quotable necessarily. But be, I mean, it's proven itself to be quotable because it's been quoted so many times. But I'm saying like it's the same problem <laughs> That I have with, like, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and, like, these some of these directors, you know, that I rail against. It's not even so much that I think they're not that good. It's that they've become the measuring stick. And once something becomes the measuring stick, you lose the ability to properly analyze it because it's the thing you use to analyze everything else. Well, so And that changes your ability to properly assess it on I'm, its
2: own merit. I can't go into a time machine and watch it fresh without all the baggage that comes with it. And I will admit to that. But I will say, having sat down to watch it, it did not seem like something that I was necessarily interested in. It was something I was watching because I felt like I should watch it just because I know it's quoted so much. So I want to know this people of history and when i was watching it i was like oh i fucking get why people love this movie so much because i fucking love this movie it's amazing it's this mature movie and how they deal with the plot that you just don't see in movies very often even today the way you set up a love triangle for example it just feels inferior in every other movie. And I say that having watched all the other movies first. Like, it's not because this one did it first. It's because they can't even replicate it well. Like, it just fucking works, man. I, I mean, am I yeah. am I wrong? You just watched it.
1: Yeah. Watching it again and then doing the comparison without cold, it was – that was one of the things that always came up is, like, there wasn't any animosity there was definitely a little bit of jealousy but like mostly hurt because it's not still going and it's not necessarily – because I don't think Rick hates uh, – I can't remember the Frenchman's name.
2: Yeah. I don't think there's hate John on. Yeah. John. Like, there's not hate on any side of that triangle. It's all <laughs> very understandable circumstances, and they're adults and understand the circumstances. And I feel like most love triangles are written to where there's somebody who's being unreasonable in it. It always there's happens. There's
1: somebody right? unreasonable, and then there's always this. It's more like a an upside or like a V where one side one side of the V hates the other side of the V or and there's always somebody in the middle more more often than anything. And generally they're putting it in a way
2: where the audience is pulling for one side of the triangle. Like intentionally. They want you to pull for one side of the triangle. And I don't think Casablanca does that. Like Humphrey Bogart is the main character, but you're not necessarily rooting for him when you find out all the circumstances either. Which makes it very interesting. It's not it's just Something you don't see very often, like I do agree with you that can be problematic with movies where it's they're just so iconic and so watched over and over again that like lose their perspective for it and they start to pump it up more than it should be. But sometimes I think Gone with the
1: Wind is definitely a good, ki- dude, characteristic yeah, and of it's that.
2: definitely being re examined that particular yeah. movie quite a bit, especially in the last like five years, I would say. But I think this is one in particular where. The reputation is deserved. And I would say it's a little underserved because it's black and white and there's just this whole generation of people that just will not do it. They will not watch a black and white thing unless it occasionally has Marvel characters in it. They're not going to watch it. <laughs> so I would say it's slightly underserved at this point. I honestly believe that like it deserves every bit of its reputation and I think it's fantastic. Like I would encourage everybody to watch that particular movie. It's really, really good.
0: Well, that's what they say about what about Shakespeare? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, I have loved some Shakespeare, and I have been bored to fucking tears from sh- some you Shakespeare. You know, the thing
0: about Shakespeare, too, is that you were probably exposed to Shakespeare without realizing it oh, before you saw Shakespeare. Very like much When so. you saw yeah. Lion King, you saw Shakespeare. I you saw, just
2: didn't know you were watching Shakespeare. I saw Lion King for the first time two years ago, but I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Like, like Romeo and Juliet. Every, how many things are, like, copied yeah, from Romeo and Juliet? How many
0: stories are just a straight I was I started playing this video game the other day and like you meet the main sort of king of this post-apocalyptic wasteland and he's like I got three kids and two of them are incompetent buffoons that are trying to kill me and the third one ran away and is plotting to overthrow me and I'm like okay so this is King Lear
2: (laughs) (laughs) see I haven't read that one, so I didn't even
0: know (laughs) people will rip off Shakespeare right and not tell you that they're ripping off Shakespeare and so you don't actually know that what you're watching is a rip-off of Shakespeare. But then, people will parody Shakespeare and they don't try to hide it. Every episode of the TV series had a different plot and one of them was King Lear, only it was like a chicken farm and he had three daughters and his youngest daughter was rude to him and he banishes her from the kingdom and then she comes back later to overthrow him. Meanwhile, the two older sisters are plotting on murdering him because they don't want to split the chicken farm in thirds. And the chicken farm came about because at first he just wanted two chickens to fuck while he filmed it with a camera but then that turned into like two chickens turned into 30 chickens and then he's like shit i guess i'll start a chicken farm and of course it's bruce mccullough (laughs) and he's like 20 years older than he was on kids in the hall and he's got a big fake beard and when he banishes the waitress from <laughs> oh, Sunny and all three of the daughters are different ethnicities which is just doesn't matter at all but it's just funny like there's an asian daughter and a black daughter and then the white daughter which is the waitress from it's always sunny <laughs> and when he banishes her he just yells you are banished you are banished <laughs> and now that's how i pronounce banished
1: <laughs> and nobody gets it
0: yeah. like <laughs> Nobody ever gets that. That's reference. a real inside joke. Dude. <laughs> it's
2: real inside. Yeah. The, an example of what you're talking about where they, they take from Shakespeare for sure is like 10 things I hate yeah, about yeah, exactly. is uh, The Taming of the taming Shrew. Of the yeah. yeah. I remember reading that after watching that movie and I was like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: you've Got Mail is As You Like It. Uh, she's the Man is Twelfth Night. <laughs>
0: the Godfather is Not, uh, no, no. The Tempest. What's The Tempest about? It's about the mafia. (laughs) Well, Well, then I guess it is, sir. And and, uh, the one I said you've got mail about, he actually writes about email like centuries before it was invented. It's actually quite amazing. (laughs)
2: Like William Shakespeare's eyes would just go a cloudy white and his pen would start moving by itself. (laughs) I thought you didn't watch I don't know how he
0: fits, like, uh, email me at shakespeare.edu and he gets it all to fit into IAMic pentameter. (laughs) Really quite. That's why he was the master bard. (laughs) (laughs) URLs and http colon backslash backslash. He saw it all. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So what else did you have? So
1: the other thing I had, uh, I went and saw a concert. Music is back, everybody. Yay. Hooray. Or at least in Helena,
2: yeah. Montana. I guess it depends on where it you're
1: never... at. Well, I mean, Foo Fighters was playing Madison Square Garden. <sighs> Few weeks Seems ago, like
0: such a terrible idea, but okay. I bet it was at like half capacity or a third capacity or something. I doubt they're. Crumbling. I
1: think they had some sort of uh, vaccination requirement, yeah. like in order to go. I up. guess
0: that softens the.
1: Yeah, depending on
2: where you're at, you kind of need the card. Like it's easy to yeah. forget here because nobody gives, nobody cares up. here in Montana. Yeah. But Thanks, it, like, so I'm yeah, going yeah. to Oregon and I have to have the card because yeah. my mom's telling me there's just certain things you can't do in Oregon without the card. Yeah,
1: I actually have a laminated copy in my bag with me all time so but it doesn't matter that reminds
0: me some lady lost her wallet at my one of my jobs the other day and she called and was looking for it and she's like I don't care about anything that's in that except for my birth certificate (laughs) who carries their birth certificate around in their wallet in their freaking back pocket that is like
2: that's a a, weird one that is a weird one don't
0: do that so PSA (laughs) don't don't carry your fucking birth certificate around on you at all I also
1: would not recommend your social security card either. Yeah. No, I have that on me, but. I'd recommend it, but I do it all the time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's card sized; it fits in the slot. That's the problem. Birth certificates are big, though. You have to, like, fold it up 12 times to fit it into a wallet. Yeah.
2: birth
1: certificates are really weird. And they're made on a.
2: Uh, I will say, and so I don't know if this is the case, but uh, we had to. Maybe they're like. We had to get my stepson's uh, social security card. I want to say it was from South Carolina. And that was card-sized when we got it, so. The
0: birth certificate? Yeah, it was, like,
2: (laughs) wallet-sized, so.
0: Maybe there's, like, you can get multiple versions of it.
2: Yeah. I think it was always big, and I think now people are just like, Jesus Christ, dude, let's just make it. Why do I Let's save some paper. (laughs) I need long form, damn it. If I can
0: put my freaking debit card on my phone, why can't I put my driver's license on my phone? And they just scan my phone with a little zapper.
1: I know they got that for, like, fishing licenses now. You can do that, (laughs) like. Yeah. Oh, then we've tracked the problem. It's the DMV as always. <laughs> <laughs> Bureaucracy. So, anyways, back um, oh, what are we talking. My w- wife and I went and saw The Young Dubliners here in concert, which is something that I listened to their music quite a bit over the last 10-15 years. About every summer or every summer they I mean, they tour all over the world. But they usually make a trip through Montana sometime. But because usually we have such small venues, it's like, oh, we're playing in Livingston on a Tuesday night, right? Or Tuesday afternoon, or like, there's no way I'm gonna get to this concert. And it just so happened they were playing in Helena on a Friday evening. So I was like, shit. And music wise, they were probably the second best band I've seen. Like, those guys could play. Celtic
0: rock and roll. Are they closer to, like, a. I would say. Are they like a Flogging Molly? Flogging Molly is closer probably. Closer to that than, like, uh, the other one. Dropkick Murphys? Yeah. yeah. And, and this is what I've always said Dropkick Murphys are a punk band with Celtic undertones. Yes. And Flogging Molly is a. There's like a Celtic band with punk undertones. Yes. That's what I've always felt.
1: And. Young Dubliners, I in Are fact probably even farther. Uh, they're they about the same. They start off a lot more Celtic, and then their last couple of albums have a lot more punk.
0: They're just they're getting the heavier. tones, it. yeah, they're getting heavier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I, so I Patrick, gotta friend. say, I do <laughs> like me some flogging Molly. Not a big fan of the Dropkick Murphys. But I went through a phase. I was with this girl and she made me watch P.S. I Love You. And it heavily uses that song, If I Ever Leave This World Alive, which is like a very sweet song. And the whole movie is like a guy who is like dies of cancer, but he records all these videos and she keeps getting these letters and videos from him for a year after he dies to, like, help her cope with the grief.
2: And it's a very sweet movie. I heard a NPR piece where this lady, her dad knew he was going to die when his kid was, like, a couple months old. So he just recorded all these videos for her entire life like and
0: graduation congratulations yes. stuff like that and Earth it days.
2: seemed like it was going to be a really sweet idea but it actually was horrible for because her because her life went
0: in a completely yeah. different direction yes
2: not only did it go in a different trajectory but also it was just a constant reminder that like her dad died and she didn't get to spend time with him on top well, of and, it so okay it was, so he tried so don't to don't do that <laughs>
0: he tried to, but he tried to do her whole life this guy yeah. just did a year and he's not trying to be there for a part of her life he's Trying to help her let him go because he doesn't want her to wallow. In he must have seen sadness. that
2: NPR. Speak. He
0: heard the NPR. Yeah. Be, yeah, I think there's a deleted scene. If you watch the DVD extras, you'll find the scene where they discuss that NPR. It's like I'm glad they cut it. It would have put like forty five really
2: minutes onto the runtime. <laughs>
0: At certain sections, they're just sitting there it's listening just, to the podcast. Yeah, it's just him
2: with his mouth open in his car, like, driving
0: while no, he's listening to it. Actually, it's him and another person listening to it with earbuds. You can't hear the audio that they're <laughs> listening to. You just see their faces kind of contemplating what they're listening to in silence. Not even an, uh, there's not even a soundtrack. <laughs> it's just... <coughs> Yeah, really? in weird. the end, good sense to cut that scene. I don't know why they recorded
1: it in the first place. <laughs> it's madness. <laughs> they had some extra money. <laughs> but so anyways, if uh, you guys get a chance to check out The Young Dablers, I highly recommend it. They're it number really two, second that? best. Yeah. That you've M- seen music, live Music
0: wise. That you've seen live. Yeah. What's your first best?
1: uh probably Robert Plant's band the sensational space shifters those guys are incredible musicians what that guy from from Nickelback. <laughs> I,
0: was, I can't say I didn't say it smoothly enough. <laughs> Ruined your
1: own joke, Carl. Yeah, it's
0: okay. Cut that shit out. <laughs> oh, so you're okay, like
2: with totem pole references? This is a
0: red. S- this is a red bulb situation. <laughs> Erase that memory from your brain, because I feel embarrassed. By it.
2: <laughs> That's the red
0: bulb. That's what the red bulb means. I think. Taking
2: things for granted. We want to talk about Black Widow. We want to talk about Loki.
0: Loki, I don't remember as clearly, but let's talk about Loki first.
2: All right, I rewatched it last night, so I remember it pretty well. Okay, basically, Loki finds himself where everything is dumped that the TVA at oh, right. uh, the end of They're the not being
0: timeline. pruned. They're not actually being erased, per se. They're being teleported to basically to the end of time. I'm making quote marks with my fingers here because it's not actually the end of time. It's what they... It claims it's claims as the end of time. It's after like, the established the timeline. Yeah. There's something called the void Yeah, that just dis- destroys everything. And then it turns out Well, there's another thing going on with Sylvie where she's got Judge Renslayer and is demanding answers from her. And they start to kind of work together, but that quickly. I think she's just stalling.
2: Oh, Renslayer
0: was definitely just stalling for time. By the way,
2: weird thing that's come up since then, Renslayer, like that character, she was Kang's girlfriend in the comics. The name? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, that, her whole name, like, nobody really put it together because they just said her first name. I can't remember what her first name is now. Maybe but they just said They Ren? just finally said Renslayer, And everybody was like, oh, like, this is Kang's girlfriend in the comics. So I think we're definitely seeing Kang behind that. I mean, like, who knows? For a while there, I thought maybe it would be another Loki in charge. Like, well, I here's thought another thing to that keep in mind. That would make sense but
0: Kang is a very complicated supervillain in that Kang is Kang Kang is also Kid Iron Man right Kang or Iron Lad is what he's called Kang is also Immortus Kang is also Rama-Tut and that was like retconned back in the 70s <laughs> <laughs> He is Kang's a long-running character that's been a thorn in a lot of different teams' sides from the Fantastic 4. I think he's introduced in Fantastic 4. But if we but,
2: don't see Kang behind the curtain, I think he definitely ties into this. Well, what I'm saying because, is like, it
0: uh, could be Rama-Tut, which means it's Kang, but the thing about Kang is he has traveled throughout time for so long and has undergone so many different changes, like complete and total changes of character that Sometimes he's at odds with himself. In fact, most of the time when there is something happening with Kang, it actually winds up being a insanely over convoluted plot by Immortus to start killing off Kang's that he doesn't want becoming him. Immortus spends most um, of Mor- his time killing Kangs. Yeah, based on what I've
2: uh, what I've researched about him. But there was this one where like <laughs> Kang got pregnant, and then like Kang's kid got kidnapped by Immortus, and then it turned out like Immortus was actually Kang.
0: Yeah, yeah. This, it's it was insane. complicated, dude.
2: And then later, like Kang was like just hanging on to like fight a different version of like Iron Lad, like yeah. in the future, like, who's a terrorist. Yep. Kang will I'm be. I'm making this up. I'm just doing Kang the, the plot of uh encounter. <laughs> that movie we did, and he'll always be
0: like, "I remember when I thought like you did," you know. And then Immortus shows up. He's like, "Well, I remember when I thought like you did." And then somebody else shows up, and they're like, "Well, I remember when." <laughs> like it, it goes on forever. It's like an endless loop of just Kang's circle jerk. It's a Kang circle jerk, is what it is. <laughs> So that's the
1: true... <coughs> Kang's all the way down.
0: Yeah, that's the true villain. It's not just Kang, but the circle jerk of Kang's. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> the circle they even jerk did of Kang's. The council that sounds Kang's. like a punk band there, right is there. A,
0: there is a council of Kang's where, like, a shitload of Kang's from all different time periods all travel to this one place so that they could be a council of Kang's. It's where Council of Bricks got the concept from. And I'm sure it's been done previous. It's, yeah. it's just an
2: easy... It's a it's a sci-fi trope. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. If Kang's not behind the curtain, I think who Kang, else could Kang is gonna be there to fill the void. Yes. Her being who she is confirms to me that like they are very heavily tying this to Kang. My number one draft pick right now is Kang is behind the Here's curtain. Here's the other thing
0: too, is it could be Kang behind the Iron Curtain and they could Kill Kang and then Kang could move in to fill the void because that's the problem, like, problem or the convenience, depending on how you look at it, of a character like Kang.
1: Wait, what if it's Mephisto that's pulling on his dreams? He gets killed and then Kang comes in to take over. It's
2: not Mephisto! <laughs> well, as,
0: much as,
1: as much as Kang is like. We've all just
2: shifted to the right. As much as Kang is
0: always. Is co- a constantly a power behind the throne. He's never the true, true power behind the throne. He's always <laughs> a puppet himself. He's usually his own puppet because he's usually a mortise's puppet. But I could see Kang being Mephisto's puppet ultimately.
2: <laughs> so basically, Loki sees all these variants. We've got the, I'm trying to remember, they gave them all so names. There's both Loki. Yeah, both Loki. alligator Loki. Loki,
0: dial, vocodile. <laughs> Loki Gator. Yeah. Alec Loki.
2: There's Kid Loki. Kid Loki. Loki. And there's Richard E. Grant Loki, whatever that classic, classic Loki, Loki. That's right. And we
0: saw briefly President Loki and then Alligator Loki bites his hand. On.
2: That's boastful Loki, isn't it? I thought boastful Loki was the, the president Loki. No,
0: boastful Loki is the black Loki.
2: Oh, okay. That
0: is making up a bunch of stories that aren't true. And betrays <laughs> all six affinity stones. And betrays everybody because he thinks they're going to make him their king. Like... Kind of one of the dumber Lokis.
1: <laughs> but
2: also the Loki who like betrays him, also kind of dumb, because he's yep. assuming all the other Lokis are going to let him do the yep. exact same yeah. thing. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> And that was one of the best
0: se- scenes. So funny. Is because while Richard E. Grant Loki is just conjuring illusions that allow them to kind of nope their way out of there, our Loki is like very exhausted by... Just what he is witnessing.
2: Yeah. Just by who he is. And it, like, it's, it's just the like, Jesus Christ. When he has Here to end, deal
0: with it and only it for an extended period of time, when everybody in the world is him, it gets old really fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> and he's also, it just cements the fact that this, that Sylvie is the best of them. Sylvie is truly different in a way that is special. And she is just the fucking best, dude. You know
2: what's something that somebody pointed out about the female Loki, which I went back and watched that scene with her? They don't explain why she gets pruned. Everybody assumed it was because she was a female, it seemed like. But I think it's because she was a hero. She's sitting there playing with these figures and she's like treating herself. (laughs) Like she's this hero who's like sacrificing herself. She's being a Valkyrie. And they prune her. And I think it's for that because she's being heroic and that's, she's already on the trajectory that a Loki is not supposed to be on. Right. Well, it's
0: one of those like when she asks Renslayer, why, what was her Nexus event? And she goes, I don't even remember, which is very reminiscent of the villains not giving a fuck about the heroes they
1: create.
2: <laughs> right. Um, like for you is the biggest day of your life. For me, it was Tuesday. Right. That that old M Bison trope. Yeah. And then I think that. Uh, <laughs> did you just
1: quote some Street Fighter? Yeah, I did. <laughs> uh,
2: that Cree
0: dude. Uh, Ronan. Ronan says something very similar to uh, Drax, and Thanos says something like that to Scarlet Witch.
1: Yeah.
2: I don't even know who you
1: are. Yeah.
2: It's definitely a common thing. Yeah. For sure.
0: So she gets her moment of that. But if it was something as simple as you're a girl, she would remember that, right? Like that's an easy thing to remember.
2: Yeah, I think so. Very basic. I don't think it was ever explained. I don't think,
0: I think that there was a more complicated Nexus event with that. And Renslayer does remember it and was just toying with her when she didn't tell her that she said when she said she couldn't remember i think she could remember it cuz she was being kind of smug about it i Sylvie, enjoyed
2: alligator loki quite a bit one of my mvps of that episode when he just, went
0: down the slide yeah goes, i Whoa. was overjoyed by that even though it's like almost off camera i just was like he's going down a slide
2: <laughs> <laughs> you literally yelled that cuz i, I watched it with you the first time <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We also I, get
0: a I get think help. I called out multiple times. I love him.
1: <laughs> so Kid Loki does the get help with Alligator Loki. All oh, right. <laughs> yeah.
0: And we learn Kid Loki's nexus event is that he killed his Thor. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty dark.
1: We got to see Frog Thor Anne and Rolliner.
0: Thanos copter. <laughs> Thanos yeah. copter, Did you see yeah. That? You had you couldn't miss it. This it is so this obvious.
1: is
2: like pre Thanos hunting after Infinity Stones that that actually existed in the comics. Oh yeah, it's way. I think like it was cool. a Spider Man issue <laughs> from like way back. Good shit.
0: And uh, yeah, this episode was chock full of Easter eggs. I actually just awesome watched a
1: video. It was like a twenty minute video. of yeah. From a 40-minute movie or show. Yeah. And, like, stuff you don't even think about. Like, they had this giant head that was yellow jacket.
0: Oh, yeah, the yellow jacket head in the background. His helmet. And it was, like, massive. Like, it was oversized. Yeah. There's also uh, the one above all, a statue of the one above all, which is that the three. Oh, no, no, the Trinity. Yeah. It's, like, got the three faces, and that's, like, above gods that's above thing is more powerful it's like above the watcher
2: but going back to thorg really quick uh so when i walked out of black widow people were sorry throg uh when i walked out of black widow i was waiting for my family to go to the bathroom and i was just kind of standing there like listening to everybody talking and there was two excited things that they were talking about one was the cutscene of the movie the other was people kept talking about Throg over and over <laughs> again like cuz it was two nights later cuz I actually wound up seeing it yeah. on Friday so people were just like man I just hope he gets out of that jar and oh, can get back that Oh that was hammer. like the darkest thing about
0: that that was almost like it's a far side cartoon because so there's this famous far side cartoon that got one of some of the more backlash than than the average far side cartoon and it was two dogs playing tether cat and they've got a cat like tied up to the rope and they're batting it around the pole and he got a lot of backlash and he kind of understood in his 20th anniversary collection there were a lot of strips like that jump like the Jane Goodall one and the center where he wrote a little mini essays talking about the strip and when he talked about oh,
2: the prehistory of the far
0: side I have yeah when he talked about this strip in particular he talks about how it's a still image Jerry can blow up dynamite in Tom's face and his face turns black and then two seconds later Tom is chasing after him and he looks totally fine so your brain lets it go that this violence but every time it's a single panel comic that doesn't move so every time you open to that page the cat is still in distress mm. so people just were really really bothered by this one strip more than <laughs> usual and he feels bad about it because they he put a, a, a an anguished expression on the cat's face it's not enjoying itself it, it's clearly suffering <laughs> in a cartoonish way but that's what the throg reminds me of Let's is that he's trapped in that jar and that's if that's all we ever see of that little throg then he will just be trapped in that jar forever he's going to die in that little jar. Let me
2: ask you a question. That far side cat, if the book is closed, is
1: the cat still suffering? Yes. We don't know this. It could be – No, the cat is – It's a Schrodinger's cat. It's not a Schrodinger's cat. cat because it's, it's a Schrodinger's it did, far side cat.
0: It's, it's not in debate what's going on inside. There's no random element. There is a random element with Schrodinger's cat. There is a radioactive isotope in but the are box the But are the dogs the still batting the, the cat out? Yes, around.
2: that's the way that's he threw it. <laughs> But the book's closed; you can't see
0: it. It Carl. doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> then Gary, you don't know what Gary Larson drew cannot change from what he drew. You, you're winding me up. <laughs> <laughs> Sylvie's the best; she kicks everybody's ass. Uh, Defeats alias. Oh God! Her the them under the blanket is a great moment. I am, I have come 100% shipped the two of them. I want them to find love because neither yeah. of them have ever gotten to experience love. And I think that them experiencing love and gaining valuable skills like empathy from that love is more important than quibbling over. Is it masturbation? Is it incest? Oh, I, I just like to do it because it's funny. Lot.
2: They're a cute couple. Plus, yeah. they kids I would watch out for. This
0: cause. chick, whatever, I forget her name. Uh, Sophia D something or other, D Martino, I think is her name. Uh, I've followed her on fa- on Twitter because she posted a picture of how the costuming department cleverly designed zippered openings on the front of her suit underneath the the breastplate so that she because she has a baby and she needs to easily be able to breastfeed in between shots. And so they designed her suit with that in mind and it's just a cool uh, example of how much things have changed for the better in Hollywood. Like things, individually, things change for the better and things change for the worse. You know, like that's, this is a good example of one of the things that's gotten better. Also that panel that oversees sex scenes in TV shows and movies. I'm glad that exists now. It's only existed for like two years. (laughs) Should have been around for, I don't know, two, a century maybe.
2: (laughs) Mobius has like turned around. I'm glad Mobius
0: is still, Oh, I cheered when I saw him pull up. I was happy about that. The thing that is devouring everything at the end of time is a giant cloud in the sky.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Which Which, it is in the comics as well. Which. So it's not them going on the cheap for whatever that's that's The
0: thing is that I think that part of that was them being self-aware of like. Superhero movies have been leaning on the, like, blue beam shooting up into space or the giant space cloud devouring. They did it with Parallax and they did it with Galactus, Galactus, which that was a huge mistake. But uh, it was almost a faint, like a fake out with this because it's clearly just hiding something like that wasn't going to be the big bad yeah no it wasn't the
1: big bad it was yeah.
0: definitely and it was never going
2: to be but and it's I think a lot more they did want to <coughs>
0: it's trick more
1: wizard of more Oz, people
2: right it's it's more yeah. wizard I mean, of Oz. Thing, like the thing is, is that's the exact same does... thing they did the previous episode which is like the thing the big bad is not the big bad there's something behind it and
0: the thing is that it is
2: still dangerous Yes. yes so it's
0: it is it's but more it's a like big bad uh, it's
2: a, it's a faint to the viewer where like you first watch it and you think they're trying to make you think this is the thing and it's like nope there's something behind it
0: right and i liked the solution of enchanting it I thought that was fantastic. I By the honestly,
2: way, I love Richard E. Grant's uh, classic oh, Loki's boy. arc in this. He
0: <laughs> crushes it.
2: Like, we just have to spend a minute on this because this was why I, like, capital L love this episode mm-hmm. was he talked about how he did this illusion that was so convincing that when Thanos went to snap his neck, he escaped and he just rolled off in space. And then he just decided that he wasn't going to engage anymore <laughs> because all he brought was suffering everywhere he went. So he went to a planet and just stayed he on took it himself alone. Out
0: out of the equation.
2: Yeah, and then when he finally decided he missed people and wanted to go back to see the people he loved. That's when the TVA swooped him and right. took him away. <clears throat> and so, he's acting like the other Lokis, just a little more tired. When they go to face the cloud, he actually creates this, like, amazing illusion of buy him time and sacrifice himself. The entire himself.
0: Asgard? Yeah, he has... He
2: conjures the entire
0: city of Asgard.
2: Like, how crazy is that, though, that, like, they introduce this character? I mean, granted, we saw a flash of him in the last episode, but they really like introduce him in this his episode. Whole arc is this and episode. he has an entire arc in this episode. Like it is amazing. And I think they're really trying to talk about Loki's arc with his arc in a way, right? Yeah. It does feel like this is what Loki's working towards is like giving himself up for somebody else. Which is interesting because it's a repeat of Endgame. That's what he does in Endgame, right? Like he finally sacrifices himself. Although I don't think he knew he was sacrificing himself. He was just trying to betray, but yeah, so I guess that's the difference—is they're working him towards understanding. Like, there's nothing wrong with sacrificing <laughs> yourself.
0: I, I, I think the show has also become as much Sylvie's story as it has Loki's story. When Loki got pruned at the towards the end of episode four, if the show had continued on just with with Sylvie, Sylvie as the main character, I would have been completely still on
2: board for it. Well, and that's the theory. <laughs> that's the theory—is she's going to replace him after this series. That's been the theory is that he will sacrifice himself and then she will be the Loki going forward in the MCU. I'm not sure about that. I, yeah, it's I possible, but I have, I'm have i hearing all of this over and over again. But this is different to me than the Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. thing, because yeah. like I haven't heard anything about Tom Hiddleston's contracts. Well, From what I understand, Phase 4, they're going a project at a time.
0: They've decided to basically abandon that strategy before of locking people into multi-movie contracts. They're like, we want people that want to be here not people that feel obligated to be here because like Chris Evans started to feel the fatigue and he felt obligated to continue. Yep. And uh
2: he, you know, he did a great job right up till the very end. They're also big enough now where they don't have to lean on this handful of stars like they did then. Like they built up the stars so they were like we need to keep them. Now this is such a Finely tuned machine. They don't have to keep all of these people. Like they. Well, can you're actually... only thinking
0: about stars that are like your generation stars, because like Florence Pugh, she's fucking, she's
2: huge. Yeah, <laughs> she is absolutely. But that's my point. And she
0: was big before this. Like she's a big. But guess what? Well, she's going to. She's lower, going to them because
2: she's going to them because the machinery works so well. Everybody knows like a Marvel movie is as good as gold. Well, anymore. we
0: are. We are getting old and fading away and the actors that are our actors are also doing that so
2: yeah but that's my point you can you can keep replacing people and they're finding a way to replace them without you know just replacing the character like they did with war machine or uh i don't know that's a good example like with war machine instead of just like swapping out the actors uh, they're like finding story reasons to swap them out and do a Torch pass. What I'm really seeing so far is it feels like that's what Phase Four is kind of doing like more a torch than anything. Passing. Yeah, it yeah. seems like a big torch passing thing to me.
0: To a certain extent, with certain characters, there's no torch passing with Scarlet Witch. There's no well, I was thinking
2: about that. Itself. There's not a torch pass, but it's they're finally one they're one. finally realizing one one. they're finally realizing who she is, and they're they're like actually leaning into that. So I feel like she wasn't fleshed out enough. So it's a torch passing in that like there's saying it's finally her time to be one of the bigger characters yeah i think that should have always been
1: yeah and i think like falcons the same way like yeah he was always there and then like now he's definitely one of the bigs in the avengers now
0: and then like even uh i mean there was that moment with loki where when they see classic loki do that massive illusion and loki says to sylvie like I think we've been massively underestimating our actual like our actual power level much higher than we've always thought. So even now Loki is that opens up avenues for Loki to become a
2: much more powerful character.
0: Do you want to get into Black Widow?
2: Yeah, I think this is a perfect time because that yeah. is also a torch passing movie it turns yeah. out. By the way, If you don't want to, like, hear specific details of this movie, maybe just turn this off. We're going to spoil the shit out of this. So anytime we review something, just assume we're going to spoil the shit out of it.
0: So Black Widow takes place in between Civil War and Infinity War. And it's kind of like, what's Natasha Romanov up to? Well, she's running from General Ross. So it starts off. We've got a little brief kind of back and forth with them. And then she's on the run. We also meet her. Well, first, we see a way flashback to her being a little kid and seeing that her and another girl and her mother and father, Rachel Weiss and David Harbour, were like Russian spies doing the whole um, the Americans thing over. Yeah, the but they're doing America. it
2: in 1994, I 95. Think. Yeah. By the way, No way she has blue hair in 95, like, that young. That's just not a thing that kids did. No parents buying, like, hair dye for their kid to, like, color them in 95. That's a today thing. Yeah, and especially,
1: like, if, you know, they're trying to be spies and really blend in. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no way.
2: But I... I that, yeah. do not even care. It's just a nitpick. I like, they put it there to make kids identify with her immediately. And I, I just don't think they've thought the about it.
0: Dying hair colors like that was a thing in the 80s.
2: No parent was buying their kid hair dye. Like, that was
1: not. Well, a trend. Unless it was like the Kool Aid thing.
0: Not many parents were secret Soviet spies. No, they were not. But assist. you're trying
1: to blend in once again. Yeah.
2: <laughs> It's just a nitpick. That's all. Like, it's there was not very many things to grab onto for the 95 of it. So I'm just saying that one was not accurate. They
0: didn't really even need, like, I don't understand this attempt to, like, shoehorn in, like, this is the year from the year. Because the thing is, is that everybody experienced, you know, it's not just, the differences are not just time-based. They're also location-based. Like, the 90s in Montana were not the same as the 90s in Portland. We're not the same as the 90s in Atlanta. We're not the same as the 90s in London. We're not the same as the 90s in Tokyo. You know, like similarities, lots of overlap, but also just like regional differences exist. Okay, I hear what
2: you're saying. And yet I could see it was blatantly an attempt to make Gen Z kids like glom on. What
0: I'm saying is that I because there is no universal 1995 for all of the world. Like, I don't understand why they try to put things into the movies to go, this is what this time references. Because, I mean, there's some kid up in Alaska that's like, what do you mean Blockbuster's not a thing anymore? I go to Blockbuster every Friday.
2: No, they don't. There's only a Blockbuster in Oregon now.
0: Then that, then the kid <laughs> yeah. in that town. That that, that
2: John the- Oliver thing, yeah. it's in Oregon now. Sure. I whatever. watched the documentary. I'm just
0: saying that, like.
2: I'm just pulling apart what you're saying because you're pulling apart what I was saying when I was pulling apart black. Widow. there's people there's inception in, levels there's people to this. that
0: live in new there's people that live in new york and whenever they see a certain bridge in fantasy world they go that's fucking central park that's a bridge in central park they use it in all the tv shows right know? no i get it and they're saying this is a magical bridge from <coughs> it, terabithia and it's like no that's the cent- the northwest it's a in central
2: park <laughs> it's a shorthand way of putting you into the place That's all it is. It's just a shorthand way of doing it. They didn't really do any of that in this movie. I feel like. Because even the song no. you're listening to is from the 60s. That's the only reason I pulled oh, it was because there was no That's there was no ass. 95 of it.
0: I hate that song so much. <laughs> <laughs> Miss American Pie I was like, really? They went to Miss American Pie? Fuck you. But then when he's singing it in Russian later, it still got me choked up a little bit.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, this is all to say I think we all enjoyed this movie, right? Fuck like yeah, dude. This nip is pick, one of the best 10 minute nitpick aside. <laughs> I yeah. thought but it was really, really good. This is
0: one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think it's better than Civil War. I think it's better than Winter Soldier. And those are the ones that's the most closely, I think. Well,
2: here's what I'll say. Totally. I think that the first act didn't quite work for me in that I felt like they were really leaning in high into the spy thing and then when you get for example the mist that comes up that helps Florence Pugh's character uh not be controlled it was too comic booky for the world that they were setting up it felt like a little bit of whiplash for me it just felt like it didn't quite work and there was a couple of those things in the first act that just like pulled me out of it a little bit and then by the second act they balanced it perfect and they maintained that to the end of the movie so I can't quite put it up Towards the top of the list for myself, but I do think it's a really well-made Marvel movie. Okay, like out of the last five movies, I don't think it was better than Infinity War or Endgame. I do think it was better than Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think it was better than
1: Captain Marvel. Probably I... not better than Thor Ragnarok, but... Completely disagree with you on most of this. I put it as one of the bottom tier Marvel movies personally. So you think Infinity War and Endgame were inferior to it no you, saying
0: that's a you said you're a saying you, said you disagreed with a... all of it <laughs> most
1: <laughs> no i'm saying that they're those two movies are better i'm saying black widow i i enjoyed it but i didn't find a lot to it that really stuck with me the espionage stuff like i've seen scarlett johansson movies that she's doing espionage movies that are better movies i think anna is a bit, way better espionage movie That has to do with, like, Eastern European spy shit. Like, there wasn't anything I really, like, picked apart, but it just, like, it didn't feel much for me. That's
2: interesting. Your your brother said it was his favorite Marvel movie. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, I, I read his Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> Brent. I'm trying Brent to set up. A, you.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he stabbed you in the back. <laughs> He's he played get help. But you just you.
0: need to get the red mist sprayed in your face, and then you'll see the truth. As the mind <laughs> no. control gets wiped as you get disconnected from all the mind control.
1: Maybe I did have the red mist, and this I'm actually seeing the truth. Maybe you're <laughs> no. I really, well, here's here's what I'll say. You're putting it in the bottoms here, right? I yeah. I mean, there there's definitely movies I put below it, but I would put it. Like, in the bottom third. Okay. See, and I'm glad you said third because this is something I've been
2: doing across podcasts over the last few years is that there's so many fucking MCU movies that it... At a certain point, it feels counterproductive to try and figure out exactly what number I feel like it is, and so I divide it into thirds and think that way, and that helps me with this stuff. I would put it second tier, like I think it doesn't quite rise to first tier, but second tier. There's nothing fucking wrong with. it. By the way, bottom tier, I still love too. I'll watch the shit out of the Incredible Hulk or Thor: The Dark World. I think they're a lot better than people give them credit for, but they're just not my favorite. They're at the yeah, bottom. Yeah, like of
1: the list. this is. I'm. I, I feel I'm like glad was I watched in the it, but I probably probably won't rewatch it. I do feel like the
2: second and third act could be top tier for me. It's just like the first act pulls it down dude, a little bit. I just don't think the they figured out that's great, dude. That was so that's, oh, that's good, great. And I feel like that's about the second act, right? And like Yelena, when they go to spring him from yeah, prison. That's yeah, about, when they and
0: start to the introduction, put the family back together.
2: Yes, the introduction where they're like he's arm wrestling people while he's getting a tattoo. Like <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> I love that. It was and such he's a making great making up story.
0: <laughs> so, maybe he's making I, I think
2: he actually... So I was thinking about this a lot. And I think
0: the only one I just watched a Mr. Sunday video where he broke down four or five different possibilities for how Red Guardian could have fought Captain America.
2: And my theory with that is that and this is going to the comics because they really haven't touched it in the movies. But the super soldier serum tends to make people age very, very slowly in the comics. And so my theory is he got some super soldier serum and that's why he was able to face Captain America but still, you know, like be alive. And around, yeah. And because you, know, you look at him in like '95, he, he doesn't he look that him. much younger than he does in this. He and said he fought him in '84. Did he yeah. say '84? Oh, yeah. I thought he 84. said
0: '48. He said '84, yeah. and the guy's like, he was in ice at that time, and that's when he breaks his hand. Is because he's like, you're poking holes in my story. <laughs> <And he breaks laughs> oh, I'm yeah. sorry, I, I completely yeah. missed um, that. But one theory is that it was a different Captain America. That's a simple. Explanation. Could be we have an Isaiah Bradley. Exactly Exactly, and there could have been another one, and multiple people throughout the years could have held official or not. Could have
2: actually been Captain America, like hiding yeah, out. Yeah, well, time.
0: I mean, could have been. He, he, was, he, he had was had to
1: do all the time travel. It to re- could, could have been
0: Captain America time traveling, putting the stones back. It also been could have been an older Captain America who had hadn't yet traveled back to the present and was just spending time with.
1: Hanging out with Peggy. With Carter. Peggy. It could, could also be a multiverse be thing a that they've now opened Captain it up. Captain America
0: from an alternate timeline. Yes. and it
1: could be maybe and he, he was confused be... with the Winter Soldier. Like also he the could Winter be Soldier's lying. <laughs> <up>
0: lying. <laughs> like there's all there's... of those are possible.
2: But yeah. I do think he's not lying because he was asking very earnestly. The does Black talk Widow. About me? Yeah, so it's like so, that makes he's me so wonder. Self-absorbed. <laughs> <laughs> like first
0: thing he tries, he does is try to fit into his old costume. He when she when when so he, she calls him when she calls him Crimson Dynamo when Yelena calls him Crimson Dynamo and he just can't help himself, he says Red Guardian so faintly under his breath, like. <laughs> You know? yeah. And she's just like, oh, fuck you. You know, like, that was the stuff that made me truly enjoy this movie was as much as the action was fucking killer. And I thought...
2: I think we can all agree
0: fighting on Fighting yeah. an yeah. army of black widows is a legitimate threat. Yeah. And I thought that even though the stakes weren't, like, universal or gl- even global, I mean, a little bit global, but... They were just as high, and for me, they were just as significant. Saving those girls from mind control is as worthy of a goal as unsnapping half of the population.
2: I would also you know? say if you like WandaVision, that's kind of the stakes of WandaVision is like it's it, ultimately it's about getting a handful of people in this town out of mind control. It
0: was kind of nice that this <laughs> so,
2: story was a little bit smaller and yeah. I don't need them to be earth shattering that, every time. If you
0: think that Marvel suffers from like bland villains, dude. This guy is so
2: unlikable. <laughs> yeah, you know what's so villainous? You know what's I funny? Fucking. Hated that. Guy. I looked at that guy and the first thing I thought was Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't say it out loud and then I was talking with my boss and when I went in he was super excited. I saw it because I was going to see it the day after, after and he was like man that's crazy. They got that guy who looks so much like Harvey Weinstein and I was like oh that was not in my head because he is not on the level that we are about like movie stuff and like all the things going on behind the scenes and even just knowing a picture of Harvey Weinstein. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not every Everybody knows exactly what he looks like, but it was very clearly a comp for Harvey Weinstein, which is smart because what they're setting up is somebody who's using people on a machine. The way that dude
0: makes her flinch with the pheromones and stuff like that hit close to home for some women. They saw themselves in that flinch, that look of just and that there is a look of utter disgust at herself for flinching. Like she does not want to be doing that. At all. And then when she fucking breaks her own nerve in her face so that she she can't smell his pheromones and just fucking kicks the shit out of him. (laughs) God, so satisfying. I thought this movie grabbed me in a lot of different ways. I thought Yelena was fantastic. She's probably one of my new favorite characters in the MCU. I love how two different girls that went through the same trauma of the Red Room cope with it in very different ways. And it kind of causes some friction between them because I don't think either of them approves with the way the other of them copes with the trauma. But they both kind of understand, like, I mean, you got to cope with it somehow. Yeah. Like, and like, Yelena just is such a sarcastic. <laughs> And when she's calling out Natasha for doing the hair flip and calling her a poser, the poser was thing so was good. So funny. And I loved the conversation where she's like, "This is the first piece of clothing that I've ever bought for myself." So fast, <laughs> like, you with the pockets, bought it at a military surplus store. <laughs> you know, she's like, Screw "She's you. so I use proud." I all of, of these pockets. I'm like, this is very useful. It's like, oh, it's so good when they became sisters when she was telling her it was real for me too you know like talking about how like the most real family they ever had was when they faked being a family for three years yeah and the fact that she didn't know that they were faking because she was too young like just the layers the layers of this family dynamic and the experiences that they've gone through as black widows in the red room and all that is like it just I really enjoyed really well done
2: I really enjoyed Rachel vice in this movie as well like i thought she was really good as like an older black widow and uh just seeing her relationship and how you can tell she really does have this connection to the girls but she's also done i mean they've all done bad stuff but she's done super evil shit she's the one that she like created the rest
0: of them yeah you know helped create them which is Kind of means all of their sins are also her sins. Yep. Since she was yeah. instrumental in her creation. Like, we learn what happened at... Uh, we learn backstory. They've been referencing uh, Budapest. Mm-hmm. Budapest. Budapest.
2: I think they were playing off the fact that she has a Russian accent. And that's, like, one of the rare occasions where it slips and she can't say Budapest, right? I thought that's what they were getting at. I think it's... It,
0: no, I think it's pronounced Budapest and here in the West we've anglicized the it, but is that but kind of it, the it point it is spelled is Budapest try- like, it's spelled I mean, that way but, yeah. no no but, but what I'm
2: trying to say is isn't the point that she's supposed to fit in with the West and her accent is usually impeccable and because, she's like well, she's slipping okay, yeah, on yeah, that yeah. word. I yeah, thought yeah. that was yeah. no that. that's
0: that's right I thought you were saying that like locals in Budapest oh no no Budapest. I have no, no idea like, I'm pretty to sure player, that the locals I say, have
1: no idea how it's pronounced one other thing is there is a town nearby that's called Rest.
2: Yeah, I know. I saw this horrible movie yeah. called Charlie Countryman. I did a, yeah. a podcast <laughs> on Real Roulette about it. Shia LaBeouf. It's awful. Yeah. awful. So, Shia LaBeouf. And it's, does, yeah. That's no all Mark. you need to know. It does have Mads Mickelson who is good in it, but it's still got Shia LaBeouf in the least. So.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so then it ends in a cl- castle in the sky that falls to the ground. And luckily, it, there's nothing underneath it. Because I was so. like, if this city is high up enough We're gonna get it a Sokovia the same <laughs> effect as Sokovia, but it must not have been up that high and it's not as dense as like a, a whole city with the ground included. <laughs> so it ended. And then we got a post credit sequence where Yelena visits uh Natasha's grave and then out of nowhere Madam Hydra. Hydra shows up and at this point, Yelena is working for Madame Hydra already. And she's given her next target. And he's like, you get a chance to kill the person responsible for Natasha's death. And it's a photo of Clint Barton. So, so now we know kn- that in the Hawkeye show, Yelena's is going to show up and try to kill Hawkeye. And, and she's
2: linked cool. to U.S. Soldier now, too, and because they're yeah. working for the same person. So
0: we were supposed to see her first in this yeah. and then see her in Falcon and Winter Soldier. I actually think... It worked out better. I do too. That we saw her because she's less sinister when she's not saying, Go kill an Avenger.
2: Well, you know what it does? (laughs) You know what it does? It makes you recontextualize exactly what happened with U.S. Soldier because it seems like a little more of a hero arc with them when you don't know who she is. But now that you know who she is, it like changes your perspective. So
0: I think Madam Hydra is going to do what would have been. What's his name? The Green Goblin. Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn. Norman Osborn in the comics. Norman Osborn in the comics. Becomes the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. and forms the, his own Avengers, which is Dark Avengers. But they don't call themselves We talked Dark about
2: Avengers, that in that Siege right? yeah. episode. So,
0: yeah. um, I think Madam Hydra is fulfilling the role that Norman Osborn... I think she's forming a Dark Avengers. And again, they're not going to call them the Dark Avengers. They're going to call them the Avengers. The new Avengers. Avengers Plus. Uh, Avengers Prime. Yeah. Uh, Avengers we also Max. get a lot it of could... uh,
1: Atticus Ross. So, yeah.
0: Like... We've got, so far, Madam Hydra is a great counterpoint to Nick Fury. Mm -hmm. And it's a good, we're swapping a black man for a white woman. We're swapping a Samuel L. Jackson for Julia Louis-Dreyfus. So it's like, that's like pretty level as far as like star power. We're not necessarily
2: swapping out. Samuel L. Jackson's got a Disney Plus show. No, no, no.
0: no. I'm saying that just as the dark counterpoint. Oh, gotcha. Never mind. So we're getting, uh, Yelena is obviously Natasha's counterpoint, right? we're going to get got U- US agent so we got a captain america uh i bet you anything that we'll get our dark iron man from uh what you call it the uh iron wars yeah. show that's coming cuz there's an iron wars if show if your theory
2: and, pans out that does
0: make and sense and the iron wars comic series was about all the other countries competing to with super with Stark. suits yeah. yeah then we know for a fact that in an upcoming Marvel movie, I forget which one. We're going to see Abomination fight Wong. And we know Abomination is in She-Hulk. And Abomination is the dark version of the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. It's all coming together. It's all coming together. You can watch
2: my seven-part YouTube series.
0: (laughs) If Scarlet Witch turns villain, she could be the dark counterpart to Doctor Strange. Although he hasn't really technically joined the he's not really an Avenger. Team. No.
2: I the Avengers is really whoever it's they become, want to be the a, Avengers. Yeah.
0: It, it is like an organization that people are members of but they kind of they after still do civil their own war, things. After Civil War it kind of everything was all splintered. Obviously they were all going in different directions and doing different things hiding out in different places from each other. We could see conceivably by the way a sequel to Black Widow. We could see a sequel, yeah. Because she's like, I'm gonna go rescue some friends, and we could see that. That could be a movie, you know. They can. They should.
2: They can go back into other parts of the timeline all that they want, and that's what they do in comics all the time. And I think that's what they've now introduced right away in the MCU: is hey, we can do this if we want to. And it, and
0: I think that it totally works. Like one of the big complaints. That I was hearing from people, like some co-workers of mine, I said, hey, are you going to see this movie? And they were not excited to watch it because they kept saying things like, well, where does it fit? All We already know where what happens to Natasha, so what's the point of this story? And I think the point of the story is exactly what we got. Character. Yeah. We're learning backstory. We're learning why she made the sacrifice in Endgame makes more sense now and is now retroactively a better death. Her death
2: is more, is better now. And just to touch on what we said earlier too, it's also a torch pass. Like they're passing the torch to Florence Pugh now. And so they successfully do it in that movie too. Like it's it, it, but also, it sets up a lot of things. Universe, and it also helps set up that uh the Hawkeye show as well. Because a lot of people are not gonna wanna watch Hawkeye.
0: There's so many seeds being planted too. Like now now there is a thing in the universe called Taskmaster Protocol. That's a thing that exists. So we could see other character, other Taskmasters, Taskmaster 2.0, Taskmaster 3.0. You know, we'll see upgraded iterations of the Taskmaster armor on a different person, or on the same person, but probably not because who would want to put that poor girl through even more <laughs> awful mind control? She let her stay free. <laughs>
2: oh, there's a lot of villains
0: who would love so
1: that. So, <laughs> one thing I had read about after read about today was back in the 2012 Avengers. Dacheco was name dropped and for killing Dacheco and his daughter. Back in the first Avengers, when he's talking, is like, You have that much red in your ledger. So, nice.
0: so that was one of the spaghetti strands that
2: they threw at the wall that stuck. <laughs> yeah, I get the feeling that Kevin Feige is constantly like, If it's a throwaway line, have it reference something from the comics, like just yeah. always do that. And then I think they probably go back through, they, and I bet watch they have a Bible ones or on like occasion. an encyclopedia
0: where they're like, uh, characters mentioned in passing. <laughs> yep, yeah, <laughs> like Stephen Strange. Seeing his name,
2: yeah, had, we we heard him. Well, when we heard him, about oh, him, he they were already making it in yeah. Winter
0: Soldier, right?
2: Yeah, I think so. One of them, but the, like they were already making Doctor when, Strange at that when point.
0: they're when they're interrogating Stillwell in Winter Soldier, I think Sitwell. Sitwell,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's who, such a unique name. I can always remember who
0: made. Who made the jump out of the MCU when he moved over to Agents
2: of S.H.I.E.L.D. for good? Oh, dude, that's not canon anymore, remember? That's <laughs> what I'm saying. He made the jump out of the MCU. I am being consistent. I would say I'm pretty sure Peggy Carter is still canon. It's not. It was even written by people who wrote Endgame and Infinity War and Winter Soldier Doesn't and all matter. that. And they tied in Jarvis the butler with that. does like, I matter. It does matter. Nope, there has not been an official thing there that is not canon. No, nope, there has ev- not. The only I MCU shows already. that are
0: canon are when Wanda not Vision true. Forward. Just because you want it to be true doesn't make it true. <laughs> I don't want it to be true. I want Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be canon. Because then we, Ghost Rider would be in the MCU guaranteed. And <laughs> I want we would Nick have H, Life Ghost Model Ghost Decoys. Brought they brought in Life Model Decoys in the MCU. Yeah, in a, I remember. In, in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a brilliant way. They also did time travel before. <laughs> All
2: right. I think we're running long in the two. So we should probably wrap up. So, so how do you guys rate it? Oh,
0: best movie ever. Top tier Marvel movie.
2: For me. Just the best Marvel movie ever. Do you it's, want to go worst no, Marvel movie ever I and just meant, counter it? <laughs> I
0: meant best Marvel movie, in, best movie ever in a general sense. I don't think it's necessary. Like, like you said, getting into the nitty gritty of like this one is above this one. Mm-hmm. Like I would say it's on par with the similar Marvel movies. Like the Winter Soldier, the kind of the espionage ones that don't have... Super powered beings running around fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Iron Man. It's on par with those. It's on par with those, if not better than them. For me, it worked really, really well. Top
2: third, like you said. I would definitely recommend going seeing it. How about you, Brandon?
1: I'd give it a satisfactory
2: plus. <laughs> <laughs> that rating system is garbage.
0: <laughs> I always hated our box office battles rating system because yeah, you I... never understood. I don't like it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it is not canon. Anymore. <laughs>
0: Speaking of canon.
2: <laughs> Brandon just brought it in and made it canon. That's how it works. I just kicked it out of the canon.
0: <laughs>
2: Alright, take it easy. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Follow us or reach out on Instagram at NSF underscore network, Facebook's Not Safe for Network page, or email NotSafeForNetworkPodcast at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Alex Small. Subscribe to all the podcasts on our network. Season 3 of Movies with Wrestlers has Eric and Connor answering the question on everyone's mind. Who's better, The Rock or John Cena? Every week, A Cosmic Void has Jeremiah and Biggs deconstructing influential movies. Not Safe for Network examines zeitgeist through rabbit holes, deep dives, interviews, and pop culture battles weekly. And if you need some classic TV talk, catch up on the previous three seasons of In Syndication.